Yeah, and that's why I'm actually no longer allowed in at least the North American franchises. Um, but say la vie, you know? Are we recording? And we're live. We're live here. Another episode. Figured I'd uh, release another. You know, why not? Satisfy the, the ravenous appetites for another episode. You know, I released the first episode and there were so many downloads. I actually, I almost was overwhelmed. I said, you know what? I'm actually going to deny some of these downloads. I was turning away downloads. I said, you know what? You always want to have more of a demand than a supply. So I felt it was important that some of the people who requested to download the podcast, I said, you're on a waiting list. How many girls do you have with you? If you can prove to me that you're going to be listening with at least three women, then yeah, we'll let you download the pod. But for right now, we're not going to let you into the pod. Uh, we just don't have enough room. We're at capacity. So yeah, I was turning away downloads. Uh, that might explain if you are someone who downloaded the episode, tried to listen to it, and then found that it had been wiped from your listening device. Uh, that unfortunately is is me. I had to do that. I kind of have to play the all-seeing eye with this one because you don't want the thing to get too much exposure too quickly. But that's just a little introduction for today. I want to, uh, I think I'm going to approach with a little bit more structure. I had uh, some people writing in and letting me know that we needed to talk more about wellness. And uh, I think wellness is an important subject that we should discuss. Like when I say wellness, we all know what comes to mind. Green juices, darker green juices, vegetables, habits, mindfulness, smiles, butterflies, going to La Playa. This is all stuff that encompasses wellness. And I think if, if we're going to really devote ourselves towards pursuing wellness, uh, it's really not as hard as, as people make it out to be. Uh, it's as, really as simple as just throwing exorbitant amounts of money for you know therapies and rehab treatments and stuff like that. For example, like if you have a drug addiction, why not just go to the Betty Ford Clinic in Malibu? Uh, is it that difficult, little little you know little fella, guy who's who's getting high on smack out in Baltimore? You you really just can't make it out to the Betty Ford Clinic in Malibu. You can't drop a little bucks on that to get better. That's that's part of what wellness is. I remember when Gwyneth wanted to start Goop, she, you know, she messaged me in particular. She messaged a lot of people, but she messaged me in particular, asking what I thought about the idea. Uh, and I personally said, I think it's a little too mainstream. I think you're kind of going by the books a little bit. Uh, I know you mentioned uh, a vagina jade egg. I mean... I'm not going to lie. Are we really going to act like that's not something we don't see every day? I just kind of thought maybe if she's going to start a company, she may as well push some boundaries. Uh, I just personally think that she didn't really go in the proper direction of what is true wellness. Uh, and for those who want to find out what true wellness is, you can Venmo my guru at uh, – Pat Barry stand-up on Venmo. That's my guru. That's actually not my Venmo. Uh, and, you know, my guru 
my guru's been pretty good about, you know, giving me the right types of guidance in terms of what, you know, I need to move forward in, in my journey. And, uh, when it comes to the journey, you know, we're all on one, we're all on a path. Some are, some paths are rocky. Some paths are made of lava and you need to dexterously jump from rock to rock to avoid said lava and other paths are gifted. And that's kind of where I find myself, you know, I'm on this path. I'm saying, listen, yeah, I make $7,000 a year, but that, (laughs) you think that's going to get in the way of me loving myself, of me getting to the core of what needs to be brought out? (laughs) Nope. Think again. It's just where things where things go. It's where they end up. <laughs> you know, I was riding the bus the other day and the bus driver, he said to me, you know, I always see you on this bus. It's always crowded. And you always, always don't give up your seat to old ladies. And I said to him, well, you know, it's actually a little bit ageist to immediately offer your seat up to an old lady. She might want to stand, okay? Just because she says, excuse me, my knee hurts. Can you please give me that seat? You know, what lesson is she going to learn by you just giving into that? You know, she needs to learn that, you know, knee pain is something that, that comes with life. You know, us millennials, we deal with knee pain a lot. I, I particularly remember signing my, my college loans and, my, yeah, my knee hurt a lot, a whole lot, bucko. Buckaroo. So yeah, I'm thinking of heading out to the West Coast, going on some hikes, going to a mountain, going to the beach, and uh, doing a lot of branding. I think it's going to be really important to go out there, particularly to do some branding. I've got some meetings set up uh, in Tinseltown. Tink, tink. It's the sound of me knocking at the door of Tinseltown. Uh, I've got some meetings set up. Because I'm actually interested in starting a soap opera. I think it's 2020. I hear the demand for soap operas all around me. I can't help but go to my daily errands. You know, I go to the bodega. I get my hair cut at a Dominican barbershop. Everyone's just talking about how they miss West Coast soap operas. And so I think that's really what I'm going out there to, you know, la-la land to pitch is, is soap operas. I think that the drama created amongst roles like that is pretty much just going to universally bond those who consume media on multimedia platforms in relevant, distinct, discrete methodologies uh, can really benefit from that. And I think that that's really like the place that the market is going. I, I actually would have to say that you could even call it an emerging market. And uh, as most of you guys know, most of you listeners know, you guys are all well-read. I actually personally uh, send the Wall Street Journal to the first 100 people who subscribe to the podcast. So you're welcome for that. And I know you're well-read. Uh, emerging markets are some of the most important markets. 
Like any, any market that emerges, that's super important because the fact that it is emerging means that you can get there first. You know, you can set up your little stall at the market first. Hey, you could be the first person to give away free samples in the market. So you really want to keep your eye on the, the conception and, and the conceiving of these emerging markets. Because, I, you know, I go down to Wall Street, I talk to the, the guys of FIDI, the movers and the shakers, and uh, very often, if you can understand what they're saying in between the, the puffs of jewel smoke and uh, babbling coke-fueled uh, diatribes, uh, you, can, you, can really, you can really glean a lot of knowledge. Because as we all know, the smartest people, the, the true go-getters, end up working in the financial district of Manhattan. The guys who, who overcame, you know, they overcame tremendous barriers and adversity to, you know, steal pension funds, create a housing bubble. These are the only people who are brave enough to do this. I mean, a lot of times people say support our troops. Who's the real troops? Who are the real troops? Are the troops over there? Or are the troops over here? And I think they're over here getting up every day, putting on suspenders, putting on horn-rimmed glasses, grabbing their briefcases, and saying, listen, somebody's got to keep an eye on these stocks. Somebody's got to keep an eye on these bonds because they're flying off the shelves, and if I don't restock them, what, are these people going to exploit themselves? No. Someone's got to do it. So that's why every time I'm in New York City and I see someone who works, you know, in banking, someone who works on Wall Street, someone who talks like this and who lists things and goes like this when they list things, I'm just making a list. Uh, I usually try to go up to them and say, listen, thank you for what you do. You are the people who, listen, man, without these guys... When you sign for a student loan, you know, they might, you, you, these are the guys who make sure that you get a good interest rate because they make sure that the in- interest rate is high, as high as possible so that way you learn to overcome adversity just like they did. You learn, you learn to, you know, get into some debt, get into owing people money, get into, you know, being indebted to those who are wealthier than yourself. Those are the guys who you really, you know, you want to get on your hands and knees for. And, and you'll be better for it. You'll be better for it. Uh, I get a, got, in a, got into a little bit of a, a hole there. I apologize. Um, I'll go towards maybe, uh, maybe a more serious topic. I know that that's a little lighthearted. I, I'm thinking of purchasing a sedan. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in purchasing a sedan. I'm thinking of something tan you know, possibly owned by like a former, a former squash coach or something like that. I'm looking for something that's got a little bit of wear and tear. And, uh, that's why I am going to go with one of the show sponsors, Sunday sedans. Sunday sedans are a local crowdsourced sedan vending app that these, these guys have been around for years. I know nowadays you see a lot of crowdsourced sedan lending apps all over the place. 
these guys were doing it way before it was cool. Okay, this is your mom and pop crowdsource sedan lending app. And, uh, you know, if you're ever in the need, you go to a city, you say, hey, I need a beige sedan. I need something that I can, you know, inconspicuously park at a soccer field, uh, you know, at, at, at 1 p.m. on a Sunday. Th- this is the app that you go to. And I think that the, they've been a sponsor of ours for a long time. They've been someone who's, who's really helped us get this thing off the ground. So I'd like to thank their CEO, uh, Donald Lifman. Uh, I just want to say many of you have heard that names that name. It's been in the news. Unfortunately, there's a lot of slander being written about him uh, because most of the sedans are manufactured in, I'm doing heavy air quotes here, child labor camps in the Polynesian Islands. You know, those are baseless claims. So I, I'm going to stand up for this guy because he certainly has given me you know, multiple thousand dollars to promote his product. And that is why, you know, he's, he's a good guy in my book. I'm not going to, I'm not going to trash talk him. So I don't think the listeners of this, this cast should, should shit talk him either. It's just something that I feel strongly about. Something that I feel very, very strongly about. People think, people think it's hard living in New York City. But they just don't know the tricks. You know, they don't know the ins and outs. A lot of people talk. They say, listen, Times Square, way too crowded, way too busy, too much hubbub. That's because you're not doing it correctly. Step one of Times Square, be armed. If you're not armed, you don't want to walk through Times Square. Okay, if you're going to go to Times Square, you want to make sure that you have at least something of a thirty caliber or more to protect yourself from those who could potentially harm you, mostly being, you know, Venezuelan and Swedish tourists who are really just looking to to come after you. Uh, New York City is a place where, you know, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere because 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 it's just been said over and over. Sorry for the pause there. I got a call from one of my product managers. Something that I released a few months back uh, is apparently being recalled by the FDA, otherwise known as Federal Dicks Anonymous, uh, because they're recalling one of my my products, which is a child's toy called Nelly Fun Gang which is a board game that I developed uh, in which children can build up real immunities to things such as tetanus, to things such as pneumonia, by playing with these, these rusty nails. And sort of, it's, it's kind of like a, it's a lot like Minecraft. If you've ever heard of Minecraft, it's like Minecraft except with rusty nails. Um, it's a board game where the children, you know, they spin a spinner, they roll a dice, there's a lot of, you know, cavorts and cavants, and uh, and next thing you know, they're stacking rusty nails on top of one another. And apparently that's something that is not good for children, according to the FDA, as I mentioned earlier, Federal Dicks Anonymous, because they don't want kids to have fun anymore. 
They want all these kids to be wrapped up in bubble wrap, walking around the streets, bumping off of telephone poles, not even getting hurt. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, we were bumping into telephone poles all the time. I broke my nose on a telephone pole four, five, maybe three times because we were just young little rascals. And I don't approve of this generation not getting cut with bloody nails, rusty bloody nails in the way we did. You know, they're not going to be strong. They're not going to end up being able to deal with the ups and downs on this little crazy journey, this crazy road we call life. So it's a real concern for me. Something that kind of riles me up to a certain extent. We're nearing the end here. And I'd like to just send out a little bit of a PSA. I think I think people are a little worried right now. People are certainly a little worried right now, given everything that's going on and uh, whether or not American Idol is going to get brought back for another season. And I think you can relax. Like, these things, they're out of our hands. You know, we we all want that. We all want the old, the old pals back together again. Randy, Paula, and Simon, and Ryan Seacrest. But, you know, it's sort of hard. It's hard to get the gang back together again. There obviously are feuds. Uh, we don't need to go into the famous Randy and Simon Cowell beef. Uh, you can look that up on your own time. Uh, especially considering the fact that I'm, you know, I'm very good friends with with Paula and, and Randy. Not so much Simon anymore. Uh, so I, I don't want to hash up any beef, but... You know, that that show could still come back, and I think it's important not to get bogged down in the dumps thinking that it's not going to come back. I mean, some people are worried about the election. Some people are worried about being homeless. Some people are worried about starving, and I think, you know, they kind of need to get their priorities straight at least until we know for sure whether or not American Idol is coming back. Because, you know, if we could just focus on the major things, then we can get back to kind of some of the, you know, the minutia. The minutia. Uh, that's important. That's something that's really, really important. I think that's going to do it for this one. And uh, I want to let everybody know that I know who's listening to this. And I know where you live. And I know you're a fan. And so I'm making it a promise that before I die, I'm going to visit each fan. I'm going to go to your house. It's going to be a surprise. You're going to wake up one day, and I'm going to be there. And you know what? It's going to be like Christmas morning. You're going to come downstairs, and I'm going to be eating cookies and drinking milk and just smiling and just chewing the cookies and, and greeting you with cookies in my mouth and milk in my mouth and you know chewing with my mouth open and just talk, just telling you how, how thankful I am that you're a fan and, and how happy I am to be in your house how happy I am that I, I, I tracked you down as a listener and I, you know, I went to your home and I, and, you know, I waited until it got dark and, and then I went to the front door and then I just waited in your kitchen for you to get up because I just love you as a fan, you know, you're just so good. So, uh, keep listening and I promise that we can make that a reality. I promise that you can wake up one day to me 
drinking milk in your kitchen. And you know what? Sometimes I don't shave my face and sometimes I get a little bit of a stash. You know, I try, you know, it gets crazy. I get a little bit of a mustache. And so the milk will get into my mustache. And when you come down, I'll just have a milk mustache with crumbs and I'll just I'll breathe. I'll be very breathy. And uh, that's something that I promise to each and every one of my fans. So if you ever see me, you ever you ever come to a show or something like that, you know, be sure to remind me uh, that I owe you a, a visit to your house where you live. Thank you very much and good night. Oh,